Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Come on over to the building, clap your hands. Come on. Let's respond to his presence, the king. Let's stand to our feet if you're not standing. Uh, and magnify the Lord is here. We honor him. Come on, everybody on your feet in the building. No one sitting right now. The king of kings is the Lord. Uh, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, and he's worthy. I said the Lord is worthy of our praise. Uh, oh, he's beautiful. Uh, he's magnificent. Uh, come on, he's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Uh, Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord is good. Come on, tell somebody near you. Say, the Lord is good. Amen. People already in the altar seeking the Lord. How many know the church is a place we can find everything that we need? Amen. In him we live. In him we breathe. And we have our being. Look at your neighbor and say, what you're missing, he has in the building right now. Come on, what's been missing from your life, the Lord has in his hands. How I many know oh, he has what you need today? Somebody shout, Jesus. Jesus, praise the name of the Lord. His spirit is here to heal you, to deliver you, and to set you free. I know many of you are wondering, what am I allowed to do in the house of God? Just do what you always do. Just clap your hands and praise him and shout hallelujah. We're being saved. We spread this service over for three services. We're, we're wearing masks and we're social distancing. But I'm not going to limit my praise because of a governor's mandate. He's worthy of my praise no matter what day it is. So if I feel like clapping my hands, I'm going to clap my hands. If I feel like leaping for joy, I'm going to leap for joy. Come on, if he's ever done anything for you, why don't you take a moment and praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Thank you, Jesus. broke our attendance record last last night on our third Saturday service would you give God glory new people coming to the Lord and praying praising God always remember when you come to the house of God the Lord is our focus also remember is that when God starts moving somebody beside you near you might be desperate for a miracle we need to press and push if you're not desperate need of a miracle, someone near you might be desperately needing God. And so we want everybody involved. Every promise of God is to be responded with an amen. Somebody shout amen. Amen, that's right, it's biblical. The promises of the Lord are yea and amen. And when we operate together as one, not just listening to the preacher, but you realize your response is as important as the message. What happens, it creates an atmosphere for God to move in. Somebody shout, the Lord's gonna move among us. Amen. The book of Matthew chapter three, I will bring my text from Matthew chapter three. Also, we will be reading from Acts chapter two. Matthew chapter three, praise the name of the Lord. Powerful move of God this morning. People coming back to the Lord. People seeking the Holy Ghost this morning, so powerful what the Lord is doing in the anchor. 
We have made many protocol changes so we can grow in the midst of a pandemic. And aren't you glad we're a growing church in the midst of a pandemic? Amen. Hey, can I tell you, God did not shut the kingdom down over COVID-19. He's not Paul. He didn't hit the pause button. Just stop preaching. Just stop. No. He just allowed it to change some busy things so we can get back to the important things. And that's the simplicity of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, while we're here today, listen to this preacher. 5.1 earthquake in North Carolina, Virginia, and Tennessee this morning. The bridegroom cometh. The bridegroom cometh. He's coming. It's getting closer all the time. I said, the Lord's coming, and I want to be ready. How about you? I want to be ready to meet the Lord in the air. Matthew chapter 3, reading about John the Baptist's words. John the Baptist said, I indeed, verse 11. Matthew 3 and 11. Praise God. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he that cometh after me, John the Baptist said, he that cometh after me is what? Mightier than I. Everybody say amen. Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Somebody shout the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in his hand. The wind is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor gather his wheat into the garner but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire everybody say the Holy Ghost and with fire Acts 2 and 1 the fulfillment of John the Baptist's prophecy about the baptism of the Holy Ghost chapter 2 verse 1 are you ready? I hear pages turning if you got it say I've got it and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Everybody say, just like right now. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a wind. As of a mighty wind. As of a rushing, mighty wind. Isn't it amazing how the Bible exaggerates the terms? Praise God. Why? Because he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all what it's saying is when God starts moving it's bigger than anything you've seen bigger than any wind or just a rushing wind it's a rushing mighty wind amen somebody shout it's bigger than anything you've ever seen it's greater than anything you've ever imagined do you believe that about God I'm not talking about just a God I'm talking about the God that created the universe he shows up and it's going to be powerful he said and there Notice what follows the wind. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of, somebody shout, fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That means the ability to speak. When God filled them with the Spirit, He sent the Holy Ghost and fire and it loosed their tongue which is the, the respond mechanism that controls the whole body James tells us is that the tongue is a fire it's a world, world of iniquity 
man cannot control his tongue. But isn't it amazing that when God poured his spirit out, he allowed us to yield our tongue to him and we began to pray in a language we did not understand. Amen. Because he took over what controls your body. Can you say amen? I like to preach from this simple subject today. I am on fire. I am on fire. I want you to shout, I am on fire. Everybody in the building say that. I am on fire. Clap your hands and shout to the Lord. Again, I am on fire. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. God bless you. You may be seated. When you start a fire, you have to understand that you need more than just a log and a match, a log and a flame. To start a fire, you have to get some kindling, but before you light the kindling, you need something called the tinder. The tinder. The tinder can be the, the, the lentil gatherings out of the dryer vent. Lentil gatherings out of a dryer vent. I'm looking at a bunch of people that don't start, you don't start fires anymore, I can tell. Got men camping a long time. You, you, you don't light the log. You've got to light the kindling, but first you light the tinder. The tinder can be lit with the smallest of flames or even down to a spark. I have traveled California many times. I preached one event there four years in a row in the month of August in Stockton, California. In that area, it's very dry. There's there's one year I went to land in San Francisco and they had to delay my flight because of the smoke content in the air because California has been on fire. It can be started as simple. The brush is so dry. It's so tender. Somebody could just flick a cigarette out the window and burn 100,000 acres over just a spark. Uh, I've seen it just a, a lightning strike. Many of those fires are caused by lightning strikes. But what, what starts this morning, let me just say this today. I don't want to be the big log in the church. I don't want to be the one that it takes a whole bunch of others that are more tender than I am to finally get me lit. I don't want to be the one that sits there with my arms folded and says, you better move me, preacher. I, I've heard you tell that story before. Oh, you're just telling about Calvary. You know, I've heard about Calvary before. No, I want to be the one in the church that just the least little bit of touch of his presence sets me on fire. I don't want to have to be, I don't want to have to be motivated and I don't want to have to be impressed. I don't want to have to be flattered by the pulpit to get me to start moving. I just want just a little spark of his presence to set me on fire. That's what I'm preaching to you. We don't have time just to go fold our arms and go through the motion of religiosity. We need somebody to get tender to the things of God again. That if he's going to move, I'm going to move with him. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be tender to the Lord. Easily lit. Easily respond not have to work through the chaos of my own carnality, my own opinions, and my own judgments. But when I come to the house of God, my mind is stayed on Jesus. And whatever he wants to do, I'm gonna follow him. I teach you today, don't be an old wet log in the house of God. 
None of us should be out-worshipped by the newcomer. That should be out-worshipped by the new convert that come in and they, 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 they came into the house of God and uh, they, they, they got delivered from this addiction and that addiction and this, they can't even quote Jesus wept. They never even heard of Psalms 23. But all they know is I was bound but now I'm free. And they out-worship the scholar. And they out-worship the theologian. They out-worship the minister. You know why? Because they're grateful and more grateful than the person that's been sitting here for 30 years. I come to tell you, I don't want to ever lose my tenderness to what he did for me. If it moved me 20 years ago, it should still move me now. If I was grateful 30 years ago, come on, am I preaching anybody? I want to praise him for his excellent greatness. I'll never forget, be seated. I'll never forget looking out at the anchor one night. It was a Sunday evening. The only people dancing in the aisle was Noe Berrientos and Jean Teja. Used to be nicknamed Stay High. Both of them had been brought out of addiction and bondage. It's a miracle that they're even free of a jail cell, free of a lifestyle. Both of them, unbelievable addictions. One, Brother Noe had a 16, did $16,000 worth of crack cocaine in one month. Gene robbed every family member he ever had, every job he ever worked for. He was done with life, but God delivered him. And I look back, and in the midst of a whole church that says they're saved, only two were really responding. And I thought about the woman who, who with the alabaster box walked into the house where Lazarus had been healed and resurrected. And Jesus had walked into that house and, and went into that house. And everybody's gawking over the miracle. Everybody's talking about what he did. But nobody's worshiping who he is. And when he walks in, and nobody's, nobody has washed his feet as custom was. No one has anointed his head. And not one person even kissed his face when he came into the building. But this woman who needed him, this woman who valued him, walked into that room and she took the alabaster box of, oil, of ointment. It was a year's worth of salary that she said, if I'm gonna be in his presence, I'm gonna give him everything that I have and she went in and she broke the alabaster box and she poured it over his head she unlet her hair down she began to wipe his feet with her tears and dry them with her hair I come to tell you when's the last time you gave God everything you have when's the last time you praised him with all your heart all your soul and all of your mind come on clap your hands if he's, if he's ever forgiven you of a sin if he's ever done Come on, clap your hands and praise him. I feel like preaching because if we're not careful, we will fall into a mundane set of rules carved out of a womb, carved out of the womb of philosophy. We would just say, you better be glad I'm here. And Lord, you ought to be glad I showed up because I was tired. I really don't even want to be here, but I came here because I was afraid the pastor was going to call me. You shouldn't act that way. You ought to get up in the morning and say, I hadn't been for the Lord on my side. I'd be dead right now. If God hadn't intervened, if God hadn't sent me a word, I'd be, come on, I'm preaching to you. You had been long gone, but he's been good to me. I said, the Lord has been good to me. Come on, clap your hands if he's ever been good to you. Glory. 
And Jesus, with all of his wisdom, she's washing his feet. She's drying them. Somebody in the other room said, what's that smell? Man, you smell that fragrance. The atmosphere just changed in the house. What is that? Oh, have you not heard? Mary, the prostitutes, in their loving on Jesus. Instead of saying, oh, I'm so glad she's here. Somebody said, why is he letting her touch him? Woman of ill repute. I thought he's a righteous man. Isn't it amazing how quick we judge when we are not right with God? What are they dancing for? Why are they running the aisles? I hadn't seen them in three weeks. I've been here. Why are they out there clapping their hands and shouting and crying? I don't feel anything. That's a problem. You're a wet log. Forgot what God did for you. Come on, I'm preaching to a seasoned church going on 80 years of existence. If we're not care, we'll just come in and show up and contribute nothing to the atmosphere of what God is doing. God forbid that a prostitute has more faith in who he is here than we do who have been here for a long time. Come on, I can preach this way because this is all I've ever known. I've been there where I was the wet log and the choir better sing a new one and the preacher better tell a new story. And You know what? If he doesn't get me moving, then I'm out of here. No, I come to tell you, it doesn't matter who praises him. I'm going to praise him. It doesn't matter who shouts. I'm going to shout because if I hadn't... Come on, somebody watching online, jump up on your, jump up out of your seat in your bedroom and say, the Lord has been good to me. Come on, praise him for 30 seconds. Won't you take 30 seconds to praise him? Come on, let him know. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I'm so glad that you saved me. Woo! I want to be tender. Oh, come on, clap your hands and shout. Somebody praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't want God to ever think for a moment I'm not grateful that he forgave me. I'm not grateful. Somebody went in, this woman is crying on Jesus, anointing his head, and she's, she's, she's beside herself. She's wailing, she's weeping, she's moaning, and the people are just standing back. Would you believe that? What's she doing? You used to be that way. And he looked at Simon. He, he looked at, he was at Judas' father and he said to him, he said, if two people were forgiven and one had a lesser debt and one had a greater debt, who would be most thankful? Oh, the one with the greater debt. And he says, so is she who's had greater debt because you're, you claim to be righteous. You think you have no reason to praise him because you wasn't delivered as much as someone else. And unfortunately, she's greater. She has greater desire to worship me than you do. God have mercy. He said, I walked in this house. You didn't kiss me. You didn't wash my feet. No one's anointing my head, which is custom. That you just show it and walk past me. But this woman, from the moment she's been here, hasn't ceased to anoint me, to kiss my face, and to wash my feet. You know what? I don't want it to ever be said that I walked into the house of God and I left. And not one time did I touch him or did I give any desire that I wanted him to touch me. Come on. Can you? Come on. If you've been in church 20 plus years, you got to jump on your feet and say, I don't want that to ever happen. I don't want God to ever think I'm not grateful. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We shouldn't need revival, but we have to have revival. Every now and then, we've got to be revived. We've got to be stirred. And I'm preaching today under the anointing of an evangelist here today. I've come in here to stir the pot. Come on, the Bible says stir the gift that's within you. God forbid we ever say, I used to shout. I used to be excited. I used to get up in the morning and pray. If you say that, then you need revival. But I'm glad to tell you, I feel the fire of the reviver in the building. He wants to set you on fire. He wants to let that old flame begin to burn again. Come on, jump to your feet and help me preach for a minute and say, I want to be on fire. I want to be on fire. He said he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Let's just, let's just make a, a, a conscious choice here today. Be seated. Do you want a dead church or a fiery church? You want a cold church or a hot church? I've never seen anybody follow an ice truck down the road. Oh, that's exciting. I'm going to see where that ice truck's going. Now, ice cream's a different story. Somebody said today, said an ice cream truck showed up in the neighborhood at 1130. I said they weren't getting out ice cream at night, 1130 p.m. Let me just clarify that. They're not giving ice cream at 1130 p.m. They're giving something else, glory. I would follow an ice cream truck. I confess before all of you that this weekend I ate at Andy's Custard Ice Cream. And I was a glutton. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Forgive me for I've sinned against my body. But it felt so good. Come on. I scream. You scream. We all scream. Oh, can I get a whip? Honey, we got to get some ice cream when we get out of here. Glory to God. Ice cream. Ice cream spirit done got a hold of me. I ain't never seen anybody follow an ice truck, but when there's a fire, there's lights, there's heat, there's excitement, even if it's damaging, it gets the attention of everybody. And John said, there's one coming after me. He's mighty. You think you've seen something in my ministry? There's one coming after me who's mightier than I. His shoes I'm not even worthy to bear. He's going to baptize each of you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Somebody shout fire. Hallelujah. He said, he said it's going to be fire. He's going to baptize you with fire. Yes, the Bible says that God, somebody shout God, is a consuming fire. May I remind you that when Moses was on the backside of a desert, I feel like preaching. Oh, I feel my help in the building right now. Moses was on the backside of a desert. He was hiding from his call. He was hiding from the burden God had given him to deliver his people out. He was content to dwell with Zipporah. He was content to dwell with Jethro, his father-in-law, just leading sheep. But one day on the backside of a desert, guess what happened? The Lord showed up and the Lord showed up in a fiery burning bush. <laughs> Come on, it wasn't just no bu any bush. It was, a, it was a bush that was on fire. And when Moses needed direction for his life, it wasn't some dead branch. It was a bush that was lit by the fire of God. Listen, I'm going to tell you what Zanesville needs. It doesn't need just another dead branch of Christianity. It needs, it needs a tree that's on fire. It needs a tree that has the presence of God all over.
shout amen. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching. And guess what? You look and Moses, Moses just sitting there. I don't know. He might have been drinking sweet tea. He might have been drinking fig juice. I don't know what he was drinking. But on the backside of a desert, just content. I said he was content. He was 100, 100% satisfied. Amen. Sister Allison, Sister Janica, just 100%. Uh, Brother Luke, content until <laughs> he looked up and he heard the crackling of the flame. And he looked up and a bush was on fire but it was not consumed. And the Lord spoke out of him and said, Moses, take your shoes off for where you're standing is holy. I come to tell you when the fire falls, it'll make holy where everything's been unholy. It'll cause it to be godly where everything's been ungodly. It'll cause righteousness to be where there's been sin. I come to preach to you when the fire starts falling. Everything starts getting holy. I come to preach to you. You need the fire. You having trouble in your marriage? You need the Holy Ghost to fire. You having trouble in your family? Get the fire of God. Somebody say amen. I need to slow down. I want you to hear what I'm saying. And Moses, on the backside of a desert, he flipped his shoes off and said, oh God, can I even look? Because I know the glory of the Lord is among me. He said, Moses, I didn't call you just to be like everybody else. Let me tell you what's gonna happen in Zanesville. Do you believe that prophecy's getting ready to come in the room? Jump up and receive it. Come on, I'm telling you, I feel prophecy coming upon me right now. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what God's gonna do in this house. There's going to be such a powerful flame that discontented people or contented people are going to become discontented. Satisfied people are going to start looking for their divine purpose. It's not going to happen just because we showed up. It's going to happen because the fire is going to be in the building. And out of the fire is going to come clarity. It's going to come a word. Brother Eric, stand to your feet and lift your hands. That which is for you is greater than that which is against you. If the fire can come on your son. God can remove everything that's hot at you. Go ahead, let the Holy Ghost touch you. I come to tell you the fire of God is here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't need orators. We don't need just gifted men and gifted women. We need people that are on fire. Brother Harden, I was at a church years ago and y'all can be seated. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is coming to this city. The fire is gonna burn in the jail cells. You hear this preacher? I said the fire is gonna burn on the street corners. I'm telling you right now, this church is gonna go up in flames, but it's not flames of destruction. It's gonna be flames of instruction. God's gonna give the flame. And out of your mouth, you're gonna be like the burning bush. They're going to be Moses is coming out of your ministry that's going to go lead their people out. That's what I feel. But it's not going to happen just going to church. You've got to catch your fire. You've got to let the Holy Ghost consume you. Somebody shout glory. I think I was down south and choir got up and sang. And the lady got up and she started singing. I wish somebody. I thought just the accent of the southern people. I thought she was saying I wish somebody show would. Show would I wish somebody show would catch on fire. The song actually says, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire. But can I just preach to you for a minute? I wish somebody show would catch on fire. <laughs> Come on, I'm telling you. you
You know what I'm preaching about. Most of you in the building know what I'm talking about. When he gave you the Holy Ghost, he's not just going to give you of his spirit because his spirit is always followed with a movement. Genesis 1, bear with me. Genesis 1, to understand the spirit of God, you have to understand that spirit of God means breath of God. When you study the spirit of God, there's a law of initial precedence. When you study any subject in the Bible, there's a law called the law of initial precedence. I want you to say it, the law of initial precedence. That means where something, Brother Aaron, work, when something is first mentioned in Scripture, what it means is that subject that you're studying, that whatever happened at that moment in that subject will carry precedence to the Scripture, and that will be its purpose, its flavor, its content throughout the Bible. So when you question that we believe in Jesus, but we are enamored, we are moved on by the Spirit of God or the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, which is all interchangeable terms, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, or Spirit of God. When you say the Spirit of God, you understand John 4, 23, that says God is a Spirit, and they that worship Him must, that's a mandate, must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. Everybody say God is Spirit. And so when you understand that, what does it mean when you read Spirit of God or Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit? What is the context of the Spirit of God? So Genesis 1.1. Let's turn there. Genesis 1.1. Or you can just read there. You can follow along. In the beginning, God, what? Created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness, like some of you, darkness was upon the face of your deep. Darkness upon your life. Darkness. You were void. You're, 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 uh, no form. No structure. You don't even know who you are. So that's, that's what's going to happen. People are going to come to the church, they don't, they're void, they have no form, and darkness is upon them. They don't know what to do. And so that was the earth as we knew it then. And the Bible says, it was on the face of the deep. Verse 2, it says, and the earth, verse, verse 2, and the Spirit of God, what? Move. So let's understand this tonight, or this morning, is that any time you study this, the word Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is always a movement. Movement. Spirit of God moves. The Bible said the Spirit of the Lord fell upon them. Uh, he, the Holy Ghost descended upon him like a dove. Holy Ghost is not a dove. He just moves because doves don't land their feet on anything unclean. It was a parallel. It was a, it was a, it was a, a, a comparison. But when you study the Spirit of God, or the Holy Ghost, it is moving. Somebody shout! It's a movement. Praise God. And so when you begin to understand that the Holy Ghost, when John the Baptist declared that that there was one coming after him who's mightier than him, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That it is the verb of God. The Spirit of God is the action of God. The Spirit of God is the movement of God. So guess what? Anytime that God moves, amen, it's going to cause a movement. The Spirit of God moves set the precedence in Luke 24. The Bible says that the, they would be endued with powerful and high beginning at Jerusalem. The Holy Ghost always starts something. It starts movements. Praise God. It was never intended just to feel it like the wind, but then the wind is going to be followed with the fire that has a purpose. What does the wind do? It's the movement of God coming into the room. Are y'all listening to me right now? The wind of God comes into the room, but then the fire falls. The Holy Ghost was a lot like a rushing mighty wind. That's how he comes in, like a wind. You don't know where he come from. When God starts moving, you don't know where he came from. That's why when you stand on your porch and you're drinking your iced tea and the wind starts blowing, you don't say, oh, the wind came from down there at, at, at such and such street and it's going to this place. John 3 and 8 said, the wind bloweth where it listeth. 
You hear the sound of it. You cannot tell whence it cometh, whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born again of the Spirit. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it's going. But you do know that the wind was here. The same way when God starts moving, you don't know where he came from. You don't know where he's going. But you do know he's here because I feel him and I hear him. Can you say amen? Can I preach to you today that God doesn't just want you to feel him and he doesn't just want you to hear him. He wants to start a movement in your life. And that's why he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Praise God. Now I feel like preaching to you. When the fire falls upon you, the Holy Ghost, not just felt it, but I get it on the inside because God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming flame. What, didn't, what did John the Baptist say? He's going to have a fan in his hand. Come on, help me preach. Get your fans out. Amen. Get your fans out. The fan is in his hand. You ever see a, you ever see a blacksmith shot? Y'all stop fanning. Amen. Y'all stop. Y'all can get tired. I got to finish this message. You can stop fanning. You can stop. You can stop. You can stop. And uh, you ever see a blacksmith shop? They got that big thing. They do like this. What does it do? When the wind comes in, it causes the fire to get hot. I have a fire pit outside of my house, and if I really wanted to get going after I've got it good and started, I go get the leaf blower. And if you take the leaf blower and you aim it down at the hot coals, that thing will consume anything. anything. That's why you don't want a forest fire and a windstorm at the same time. Because when the wind mixes with the fire, it causes something called an inferno. An inferno has a preceding heat. An inferno, somebody shout an inferno. An inferno causes heat to go so hot that it goes beyond the flame that can touch it, but the heat is so hot beyond the actual flame that it causes the heat to jump roads, even to jump rivers, and to cause trees on the other side of roads and rivers to burst into flames because of one term called a flashpoint. A flashpoint is where heat is so intense it just bursts into flames. And what I'm telling you is he said there's one coming after me. He's mightier than I whose fan is in his hand who's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. What he was saying was it's not just going to be a flame for you but when the wind hits you and your flame it's going to touch your husband, it's going to touch your spouse it's going to reach the heart and hearts of your neighbor, it's going to touch your grandmother it's going to come on I'm preaching, it's going to touch the next generation because the fire was to never stop with you. Somebody say Amen. I'm preaching to you right now. I am on fire. I want somebody to shout, I am on fire. Come on, you want some preacher to come up here and put you to sleep with just some intellect from his mind from the school of theology? Or do you want God to move upon this preacher so you can feel the almighty presence of God to do for you what no man? Those awakening preachers would pray so hard. If you would, turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 6. I'm not done preaching. I don't even feel to quit if that's okay. I'm going to stay here for a while because I feel like something mighty is about to happen. Oh, those awakening preachers, back in the day, they would pray and build an altar before God. They would get so on fire for the Lord that when they would pull into a city, honey, when they would pull to a city, people that were sitting on bar stools would fall off of the bar stool and repent before the preacher could even get off the train. 
I'm not talking. We, we, a good friend of mine, Verlin Archer, talks about his dad preaching tent revivals in the free Methodist movement. His father, his grandfather, his father would preach these sawdust floors, sitting on old benches and chairs under a tent. Even some of those men back in the day, brush arbors. But when the preacher got there, he wasn't trying to show everybody how smart he was. He wasn't trying to show everybody how much he knew. Are y'all hearing me right now? Because I feel the flame of God upon me. But when he would show up and preach, people would fall off of those benches down to the sawdust floors and begin to weep and their heart and hearts would be softened. What I'm preaching to you, we don't need religious people. We just don't need routine people. We need people that'll let the Holy Ghost come on them and the fire. Somebody shout the fire. Amen. Isaiah 6. Look what it says. In Isaiah chapter 6, in verse 1, the, in the year King Isaiah died, saw a throne. Verse 1, high and lifted up, his train filled the temple. Above it stood seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. I, I pastor by permission, so can I, can I, I can't pastor people that don't want me to pastor them. I've learned that. You can call me pastor, but if you don't let me pastor you, I can't pastor you. You believing in me allows me to be led by God to pastor you. So I'm going to ask you, can I preach a little bit longer right now? Can I give you what God has put in my spirit? I feel like the Lord is going to transform families. Come on, if you're worried about your babies, just get caught on fire and the Lord's going to Heal your babies. I'm just telling you, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. You're worried about your children. You're worried about your neighbor. You need to get on fire. He's going to do what you can't do. Come on, I've seen church problems healed over one altar and the fire failed and God healed everybody in the building. I come to tell you, God's gonna, I feel this, there's depression battling some of you, but if you just let the fire come in, it's gonna burn out everything causing the depression. Come on, you can walk out of here and you won't have to take an antidepressant any longer because the joy of the Lord will be your strength. The joy of God. Listen, Isaiah 6, look what it says. And and he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. Verse three, and one cried unto another. Who? The seraphims. It said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. It's in Zanesville, and it's in McConnellsville. It's in Coshocton, and it's in Vietnam right now in Ho Chi Minh City. It's in Guatemala, in Payton, and every little town. I'm telling you, it's in your house and in your neighborhood. The glory of the Lord. Somebody shout, is everywhere. The angel said, and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled, was filled with smoke. Can I tell you, the reason some of you don't ever get a move of God because you've never started moving yourself. He said, he said to the man with the withered hand, he said, stretch forth thy hand and I'll make it whole as the other. But if he hadn't moved, he wouldn't have moved. You have to move before he's gonna move. He told the priest, go show, he told the lepers, go, show yourself to the priest and on their way they were healed. Moses said at the Red Sea, he turned around and said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the Lord didn't rebuke him, but he changed his instruction. He said, no, tell him to go because God can't move 
until you move. And that's why the significance is not only important, but when the preacher's preaching and you hear the voice of the word, you must respond with an amen. There needs to be not just a mental assent, but a verbal response. If I say God wants to touch your children, you shouldn't sit there like this. You ought to say amen. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Holly, because God's going to do it. I'm telling you right now. Hallelujah. I feel my liberty. And I'm going to preach because I feel an old, you don't have anywhere to go anyhow. And if you got the ham in the oven, you can go get it so you won't burn your house down. But for the rest of us, I'm going to preach a little while because I feel a movement coming on. I feel something happening. I feel a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. Can you shout hallelujah? There was this pool, the only thing we see. I'm not rambling, I'm just making a point. Because when at the pool of Bethesda, we find that one person a year, one, one, one a year, would get a miracle. When the angel would stir the water of the pool of Bethesda, we had a hospital right up the road called Bethesda Hospitals because of this story. That the, 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 pool, the pool would move. In the name of Jesus. Everybody stand and pray right now. In the name of Jesus. I need a medical team right now. I need medical. I need a nurse. I need somebody here right now. Come on, everybody, lift their hands. Somebody have a medical issue right now. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, rise up and be healed. In the name of Jesus, rise up and be healed. The Lord has awakened her. She was not conscious just a moment ago, but God, in Jesus, come on, clap your hands and praise him for his miracle power. Come on, the Lord is moving. Clap your hands and praise him. The Lord's doing something right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Let there be healing in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and praise him just for a moment. Hallelujah. They're going to attend to her. Aren't you glad she's okay right now? Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm not going to stop preaching. I feel the Lord. We're not going to stop. I feel the Lord moving upon us. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. Be seated a moment as I finish this message as God has given me. Somebody shout, I am on fire. And when you begin to look at the pool of Bethesda, only one miracle a year happened. It is the only thing, Pastor Gators, it's the only thing that we see a movement of God in the silent years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the 400 silent years, the only movement of God we find was at the pool of Bethesda. But it doesn't seem fair that the one miracle would happen a year. And the one that received the miracle was the first one in the water. They had to go to the water. And what I'm saying to you, it doesn't seem fair that only one would get it unless there's something in the personality of God that would, that would re, uh, move upon first responders. I've learned over the years that there's special miracles that happen for first responders. Too many times you're waiting on somebody else to get involved before you get involved. But why wait on somebody else to praise him? Why wait on somebody else to say amen? Why wait on somebody else to get involved? You want to get on fire? Become a first responder. Come on, if he's ever done anything, you ought to be the first one on your feet. You ought to be the first one to the altar. You should be the first one to give. You ought to be the first one. That's how you get on fire. Is you respond to the things of God. Somebody say, I want to be a first responder. Be seated a moment. I'll wrap this up in a moment. And it says, and the post of the door moved. Moved. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to move before God will move. I think I've proven that in three stories already. You have stretched hand. Go to the priest. You've got to move. Somebody shout, you have to move. Amen. Aren't you glad you're in a church where you're allowed to move? Wouldn't it be terrible to clap your hands and everybody turn around and look at you? Wouldn't it be terrible you said amen, everybody to turn around and look like you were strange? Aren't you glad you have the liberty to praise him, the liberty to respond? I'm telling you, I feel miracles in the building. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, let's look what it says. And it says, and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. Come on, you pillars, you've been here a long time. You need to move. You don't ever age out of moving. And the house was filled with what? It was filled with smoke. I learned that where there's smoke. I'm just gonna put it on layman's terms. You can't praise him and not get the fire. You can't build an altar and not get the fire. You can't go to the altar and the fire not show up. I'm just telling you, you can't fast for 24 hours and the fire not be here. What I'm saying, if you don't move, the fire's gonna fall. He's gonna move at them. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, incomplete, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal, somebody shout fire, in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. Fire only comes to the altar you built. You have to have an altar before you'll have fire. He shows up at Isaiah's altar. Isn't it interesting that at the altar he sees heaven open, he sees one upon the throne, Many victories, he looks and the, the pillars start moving, the fire starts burning, and the angel came to his altar and he laid it up on my mouth. What? Hot coals. And said, lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, <laughs> and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, here 
am I? Send me. Can I preach to you? When the fire of God touches your mouth, it'll burn out the addiction. It'll burn out the cuss words. It'll burn out the hate. It'll burn out the bitter. You're not hearing me right now, but I'm telling you, when the fire comes, it'll burn out the way daddy used to do things. It'll burn the abuse out of your heart. It'll burn the anger. It'll burn the thief out of you. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? When the fire falls, jump to your feet and clap your hands as I close. When the fire falls, Somebody shout, I am on fire. How many want the fire to fall upon your life? When the Holy Ghost falls, it's not just the wind, but you've got to let the fire of God come and burn in your heart. Brother David, it'll cause young men to want to preach. It'll cause shy people to become bold. It'll cause hateful people to become loving. Come bold as a lion. Because when the fire of God falls, it causes you to do what you would not normally do. I wish somebody sure would. Catch on fire. It'll change your neighborhood. It'll change your high school. It'll change your community. It's not going to happen without an altar. But it's going to happen because of the altar. Can you say amen? Pastor, I'm tired of cussing and being angry. I'm tired of, I don't want to be an alcoholic like daddy. I, I don't want to be in the drugs like my brother. What are you going to do? I'm going to tell you what to do. You need the Holy Ghost and the fire. When God's fire comes in your life, the Bible says, you know, he touched Isaiah's lips. It's amazing when the fire of God came upon, they started speaking in other tongues. Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when the Holy Ghost comes into the heart, you start speaking the wonderful works. Lift your hands all over the building and say, I need the fire of God. Lift your hands. Everybody in the building, lift your hands. The Holy Ghost is falling. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord is here. It's upon you. It's here right now. for fentanyl. He's going to burn out. He's going to burn out the gambling and the distrust and the adultery. He's going to burn it out of you. He's going to burn out the unbelief. He's going to burn out the chaos in your mind. He's not just going to give you the Holy Ghost. He's going to give you the Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> Come on. He made your mouth. You can heal it. I'm in this room right now. You need the fire of God. Would you stretch your hands toward him and say, I need the fire of God. Come on, you're tired of fornicating. Tired of sinning. You're tired of having to buy lottery tickets. 
You're tired of the weariness of the world. I come to tell you the fire of God. It's created an inferno to get rid of everything in you that's not like God. In the name of Jesus. All over this building, I want you to repent. Everybody in the room, I want you to begin to say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Everybody in the room, I'm sorry for the iniquity, for the transgressions. Sorry for lying. I'm sorry for a sinful heart. I don't want to be a sinner anymore. I don't want to do the things I've been doing anymore. I don't want to live my life void and dark, covered up in muck and mud of life and sin and regret. Oh, God, I want to be changed. I want to be changed. God, I need your spirit to blow on me. I need the fire to consume me, to burn out the sin. I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Brother Nehemiah, I want you to give him instruction. The Holy Ghost is here. But I feel delivering power. How many of you need something delivered, something burnt out of your life? Would you raise your hand? I had to at one time. Something burnt out of your life. I'm telling you, the power of God is in this room. And the Lord is going to fill you with the Spirit. Can, you, can the church say amen? Brother Nehemiah. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise the Lord mightily. Come on, he's a mighty God. He is a mighty God. He is a mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 15 says, the crumbs fell from the table. She was begging. But her faith healed her. And then... She, from her face, she got the whole loaf, meaning that Jesus is the bread of life. As we go into this prayer of faith, I feel so strongly in my spirit, do not beg. Receive from your God. Do not beg, but receive. And the Lord is gonna to touch your mind. He's gonna to touch your spirit. He's going to anoint your prayer life again in a mighty, mighty way. He's going to put joy back in your spirit. Do not beg, for it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Can you say amen? And when he touched our lips with a hot coal, he, he took our iniquity away and purged our sin, not for us to beg, but to give him praises and thanks and adoration. Come on, do you believe that right now? If you believe that, shout unto God right now and say hallelujah. I'm gonna pray for you at the end when I get done praying. I want you to shout unto the Lord with a mighty, mighty voice of triumph because your God loves you. Your God adores you. You are the apple of his eye. Can you say amen? God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word of Almighty God, by the authority that's in your spirit, God, in Jesus' name, fill your wonderful people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. I want you to shout hallelujah. Now begin to praise him right now and receive it. Begin to ask your God for what you need right now in Jesus' name.
Come on, the anointing is moving upon your faith. Hallelujah. Come on, the glory of the Lord is here. and tell them what you need. Lift your voice and tell them what you need. Come on, lift your voice unto your Lord and Savior. Come on, that's it you're receiving right now. Fresh wind of Almighty God. Blow through this place, oh God. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.